just thinking about this story kind of creeps me out a little bit. <laughs> Tell me, please. So when I was in college, I went to San Francisco State, um, I was working at a restaurant and one of the managers, like I developed a crush on him over time. Mm-hmm. I think some of that was purely because he was like the manager and there was like some power oh, like the dynamic like status attraction yeah it's really yeah. weird so on our first date he came to pick me up and he had to park his car far from my house uh-huh. so apparently he had a pair of roller skates in his roller trunk skates? and so he roller skated <laughs> like rollerblades to my house um yeah no it's really to embarrassing pick you up for the date oh my gosh and with this like polyester shirt on oh my um, gosh but the funny thing is i was really attracted to him that's fantastic but it, it didn't go anywhere after that Hey everybody, I'm Candace. And I'm Matt, and this is Datology. We're a voice for Christian metropolitan dating. Where we collect honest stories for liberating wisdom, for discovery, and companionship. And today, y'all, I'm excited. We're going to talk about, like, attraction. Mm, Like, what gets us? Like, I was reading this recently. There's so many people that we see every day, right? Mm -hmm. And how often do we have that, like, spark where someone is, like, yeah something different about them than all of the other thousands of humans that we like yeah walk by so i guess they're gonna explore like that yeah yeah that and like how sometimes attraction's a slow burn you Uh, know you find yourself weirdly attracted to a person you've been around for a long time yeah you know like so there's a lot of theories Lots of theories, and I've got a big old theory. You do. I got a big old theory. You're excited to share it. I'm very excited to share it because you know, like, uh, I I consider myself a deep thinking individual, an ideas man. I yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and uh, I just remember, like, uh, are you gonna jump into it? Or are you gonna sure. tell it? Okay, no, no, I, I don't think it's time yet. But oh. like, but just knowing, like, this is something I've thought about a lot, oh, and okay. I'm excited it's been to get cooking. into it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have a question before we go into sure. the theories because yeah. there's a lot of different ones yes, that I want to yes. explore. Mm-hmm. Um, how is this like, like beneficial? Like, so knowing how we're attracted to other people, mm-hmm. how is that like good for dating and just like self awareness? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I think there's probably the, like two sides to that coin where it's like for the person who is being a tr- the attractor and the mm. and the person who uh uh is like attracted to somebody right so it's like becoming more attractive i think you know i i mean like that could be a layer to it like mm. being an attractive person mm. what what is the theory behind that ah. right and well i don't really want to, like people to start playing some superficial game around like oh i need to like level that's up right. my attractiveness we, we really skills. value authenticity um, so to that's the not what we're thousandth saying. degree, yeah. absolutely right. Yes, but there are ways that we'll talk about to like bolster yourself up as yeah. like living out your truest identity. Exactly, and how that shines. And in fact, in my opinion, that's the thing that people are actually attracted to. You yeah. know, and I've got a big theory around that, I which can't I can't wait, wait to, to get hear. to. Okay, but then the other part is so mm-hmm. for like as you're being attracted to somebody. Yeah. Yes. So that's beneficial. I think one of the ways because. We'll explore it. It's such an unconscious process. So, yes, like being more aware of what are the factors at play and which ones are mm. most beneficial for yeah. me which to pair up wanna... with someone. Right, right. You and know, which might not be. W- and I think maybe a lot of us have had this experience over and over again where we're attracted to 
quote unquote, the wrong kind of person, right? Yes. Where we've like gotten to a relationship with this person oh. and, and being aware of like, what are the mechanisms of attraction I that have led to me to that, that person and feeling like, oh gosh, I, I need to like kind of nip this in the bud a Which little bit. Which is interesting because right? I think it's a process that you might not think you're repeating the same mistake until like later down the road and you're like, crap, <laughs> I picked the same person again. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it takes right. time to like really suss out mm-hmm. like someone's like issues. You know, people bring Big their time. best initially. Yes. So you feel like, oh, I'm making a different choice. I'm healthier. And yes, then yes, yes. that moment of like, oh, no. Let's let's start there because okay. I think oh I have so many because I think there's like a bit of a you know putting our best foot forward that yes. goes on we want to we want to be attractive to a person yes. who we're going on a date with or sure to you know if we're in a pool of a bunch of single people like we want people to know hey come swim with me right yeah. like I'm the I'm the cool person in the <laughs> pool right so uh, <laughs> the fun person in the pool the uh, whatever right it's like your seven showing. <laughs> Lots of play. So <laughs> the um, so you know, as we're putting our our best foot forward, yes. Um, the it's easy. Here's here's a big issue. Deception gets involved. Sure. In uh, and sometimes without us even realizing it, like where it's just like, oh, but I'm just like uh, I'm just amplifying my best qualities, right? Or you know, to the point sometimes where uh, sometimes a person in the name of being attractive might actually kind of like turn into somebody else or uh but you know what i think happens there like it, it yeah. actually mm. makes someone less attractive i think because yeah. if attraction is that like chemical x factor that's drawing you like that magnetic force to yeah. another person i find that that like turning something on uh-huh tends to be quite unattractive i totally agree like there's a you know the opposite of attraction like repulsion <laughs> Yeah. You know, that's a strong word, right? And I would never want anybody to call anybody else repulsive. But I do think there's a repelling motion that might Mm -hmm. happen. If I I know that's the case for me, if I am kind of with a person who I feel like is clearly putting on airs, right? Like trying, you know, I think the normal parlance for it is like trying too hard. Oh, they're trying Mm. too hard, right? You know? Sure. And dude, like that stuff, it doesn't fly certainly not in the long run and oftentimes i think is especially as we get older we can kind of catch on to it faster sure yeah it doesn't fly in the short run too yeah i mean i i think in that what we can point to is just people's like innate ability to like assess a situation yeah and yeah so like uh, maybe point one is authenticity being really attractive huge huge hugely attractive One, one question yes why do you think people choose to be inauthentic in the name of being attractive? That's a really good question. I don't, the, hold on, honestly, I don't think people are sitting there thinking, I'm going to be inauthentic right now. Oh, right, right. But I think what they do is like, think more about the other person. Like, how mm-hmm. can I get that person to yeah. notice me right. or be drawn to me rather than the focus being on like, how do I have a good time right now? How do I like be myself? How do I enjoy this experience? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the part where like, then you come alive because you're coming to the table the most you that you can be yeah yeah you know i th- i'd say i'd say why a person might kind of put on airs and and uh accidentally deceive you know i'm not i'm not assuming malicious intent of anybody sure. right you know but like uh try to try to look more like this in order to be more attractive yeah. i think it, it probably is rooted in some fear or anxiety and insecurity insecurity like yeah. if 
and man, I can so relate to this feeling. I feel like it's a human feeling. If they really saw me, mm, wouldn't they, would they pick not you? really like me? You know, okay, like, so every human has different sets of narratives that we play yeah, in our mind right. and that gets triggered. They're like, oh, you're going to think I'm not enough or that I'm too much or yeah. like that's whatever that thing is yeah, for you. Yeah. It gets, yeah, the fear of they'll catch on. Yeah, yeah. And my fatal flaw. My, fa- And I'd say, you know, if and this is just honest, I feel like probably one of my biggest fears isn't that like um that i would be like misunderstood mm-hmm. and then rejected it's actually that i'd be fully understood and rejected yeah and rejected yes right like didn't Kurt would, thompson like, fully talk about actually that see me? in the at the shame conference you were there i don't know i don't remember him saying yes that. i do okay, okay cool. um well i'm as smart because, as him because you're hilarious no you just your subconscious factored it in remembered it and now it's pulling out the information i'm pretty sure i knew that you're hilarious so no, I really because that conference um, had really stirred up a breakup for me, and mm, so yeah. um, that was what he was saying. And I was like, "Yes, that's what happened." Is I was fully vulnerable, I risked, and the person saw me. I think what I would say, like my full self, out there, and they yeah. chose not to be yeah, with me, yeah. and that's so painful. Right, right. And I'd say that that exact thing of like being fully seen mm. for who we authentically are and then being rejected. That's the thing yeah. that leads people to put on a false face, sure. right? In order to be more attractive. Okay. So if authenticity is like w- one of the things we're really calling out, I think another thing that we would say, like, I don't know, p- plan two would be like living your best life is very attractive. So we're talking about, I mean, this is like a, a pause point of Meta order moment. Conversation. I, I need to, yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> we're we're looking at uh, like what are the factors that are are attractive? Is that what you're? Look, yeah, trying I to guess we'll do attractive right first because okay. that's where we started. Like, and then okay. we'll jump into the theories of attraction, theories of sure. which I, I think I'm more excited about the second part. But I will say I do have a story about the first part. So like the authenticity, the like living your best self, which I guess this is like the good news of it. Like we're not all doomed to fail. Like the invitation here is like be you live your life. Like what are the passions and interests you have? Do that. And then the world becomes more attracted to you. So I have an example of that. There was a time that I was in like the best season of my life. I'd recently moved into an apartment by myself, mm-hmm. first time living alone. Yeah. I um, started going to seminary and I had posted some pictures on social media of like, oh, I was really excited about my apartment. I like just put yeah. it together. And then like a week later, I posted um, a picture of going to seminary and like just, I was really excited about yeah. like my first day of class. Within those two posts, I had so many people like Facebooking me, That's texting crazy, me, right? calling me, asking me out. Yes. Like an enormous amount of human beings yeah, yeah. that showed interest in me in that just like small window. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm just excited about my life. I wasn't just right, trying right, to show right. off. I was just like, oh, this is so exactly, fun. Exactly. Yeah. And it was like the first time in a long time that I felt like, wow, people are really taking notice to me right now. And it was hilarious. Like I, oh, I was tickled by it. Well, I have a big theory of attraction that will explain that entire thing oh. that we'll get to eventually. 
Hey, you're gonna keep. Dude, I'm, I'm gonna hype this thing up, That's and then so it's going to fall so flat. Now. Like this is so boring, but I really want to know, like, <laughs> what is that theory? All right, all right. We'll we'll get to that. Okay. Um. So, your point of, about um, you know, kind of living your best life and yes. all of that. Like, yeah, I think that's so true. And um, you know, where does it go wrong? Um, not living your best life, getting caught up and like feeling anxious and depressed yeah. or like overworking. Right, right. I'd say that that's that's one way is yes. like the not living our best life uh, thing it, and kind of like things sucking in life, right? Like yeah. that's one way. Sure. I'd say the the second way is vanity. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I remember, uh, you know, everybody knows this. Everybody on social media looks a lot better than they are in, re- they are in real life unless no. like a person is uh, brutally honest on social media, which those are my favorite kinds of people. Mm. But anyways, um, a few years ago, did you remember seeing this thing on Insta- Instagram as a uh, Socality Barbie? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Is that well, a person? It, it was doll. it was an internet phenomenon. Whoa, okay, let it? me tell you about I'm it. I'm not so, like an Instagram girl. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Well, it's it's just like a very fascinating, like uh, honestly, like uh, work of art, right? Okay. You know that this uh, graphic designer designer based in wherever I want to say Portland because a picture of her made her look like she was in Portland. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> so uh, she started taking these Instagram photos of a Barbie mm-hmm. that looked kind of like hipster oh, Barbie like the Pacific Northwest Barbie, something along those lines. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, so this funny. Barbie's like doing all of these things and like hashtagging everything like hashtag blessed hashtag live authentic. Oh yeah. Hashtag socality, you know, like That's all so of these funny. like very millennial esque things. Very she, millennial. Like, take pictures of her coffee and it's exactly take pictures <laughs> of her coffee, you know, and then like take pictures of her, her trips to exotic places and yeah. post them and yeah talk, uh, we all uh, do that uh, right right totally <laughs> you know all all of these very normal things but there's something about seeing a barbie posed yeah, doing all of that's that interesting. stuff so this artist is calling it out oh yeah she totally was right you know and basically it was a work of art to like to prompt how much like vanity is at play so you're saying that vanity stuff. is not attractive oh absolutely not um, it is like uh, I, I personally personally am extremely repelled. Okay, by vanity. Yes, that sounds very personal because what I will say is that like attracts like, and so mm. vain people attract other vain people and they oh, like it. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, I don't think that that's mm. a rule. Oh yeah, sure, sure. I think that's that true. that's also probably not very attractive to me. Yeah. Um, but there are people that they want that. They want the person that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, like yes. like it likes attracted to like. Oh, that's yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I That's I, attraction th- thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I know, I know. But I I think like that's like a fascinating piece. Is that one of the things on your list of like um looking for a person who is authentic, a person yes. who is uh who's living their best life? Yes. Would another one be like who's like you? I don't yes. know. Like what? Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Which I think is a um, an invitation too for like all of the self work that we promote doing, mm. and even in like this spiritual work is like I've had um, talk to people who want someone who's like really uh, grounded in their faith. Yeah. But then like they're not really grounded in their faith. And I'm like, ah. oh, do you think that that person who's like on fire for Jesus 
Yeah. Uh, it's going to meet you right now in, in the state that you are in huh. and feel like that's their equal that they want to partner with. Uh, interesting. Not in a shame-based way, but like in an invitation way of like, why don't you... Why don't you become that person now? Ooh, so I that love when you that. find that person that you guys are like matched up. That's huge, huge, huge. Like, yeah, we're we're attracted to sometimes we're attracted to our deficiencies, right? Um, oh man, so, so I want to talk about attraction because that's on my list. That's on okay, okay. Let's go there. I okay. mean, I feel like we've been talking about attraction all this I time. I know, but, but the other side of it. So okay, we're talking okay, about cool. making ourselves attractive. Making ourselves attractive. But I want to talk about yeah. the X factor attraction. Like what makes you know what? These categories don't make sense like, to me yet, mm. but they will make sense as you explain it. Oh, the two different, the yeah, differentiation? Yeah, I don't, I, are you talking about like, no, just go. Well, no, the first one that we've talked about so far is like, how do I become a more attractive person that like draws people in? The second mm-hmm. one is, and I think what your theory will nod to, is all of the theories around what goes on in our subconscious that makes us see another person across the room and they're highlighted and it's like, yeah. for some reason... Like there could be another objectively attractive person next yeah. to you, but there's like, oh, I'm a drawn to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like, I feel like the other side of the coin. Okay, okay cool. And tell okay. me more about it. Um, you want me to go into some of the theories? Yeah. That I, okay. So I often will throw out book recommendations in our shows. So the book that I have recommended is called Getting the Love You Want. Um, getting that love you want. You're so funny. I feel like that should, I should write jingles for books. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, I really like the book. The first half of the book is about the unconscious attraction and why, like, so Unconscion- what I explained, like, yeah, why yeah. are we drawn to certain people? Yeah. So they have these different theories that they talk about. So I've talked on this show before about the Imago theory. Right, right. So, That's um, very much like attachment theory based. Yeah. So it's the idea that we are drawn to um, our parents. So that mm-hmm. they would say the X factor is this phenomenon of recognition. But what you're recognizing is basically your like attachment figure of childhood. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's like that familiarity, that sense of like... I've always known okay, you. Okay. So there's a sense of like, uh, you know, this is what my mom's like, right? But, but you so wouldn't think that. Like no one no, thinks yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unconsciously, yes. I have this imprint of like, this is what my mom's like. Yes. And I'm kind of going around the world looking for mom again. This is very <laughs> unconscious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's very it, unconscious. But just so to spell it out sounds weird. like yes, so yes, absurd yes, to me. It but, is. But, but even though it makes a lot of sense. But if you think about it more innocently, like I'm an infant, the first person who ever like held me and gave me food and shelter, like the first mm-hmm. two people usually, um, that leaves yeah. an imprint on my brain of what it feels like to be held to be and loved. loved and taken yes. care of. Right. Yeah. And so when we're out in the world and we meet someone, there's all these unconscious factors about their body language and behavior and their attachment style and the way they engage and how they love Mm -hmm. that will go off even if you don't know all this information about them and this is why we're drawn to the same patterns that goes off in your mind and all you feel is like love like i just met like you're here right like yeah but it's because you are recognizing your parent oh my gosh (laughs) which if you had a dysfunctional parent um oh yeah you're You're, drawn drawn to to dysfunction. dysfunction oh goodness yeah uh, you know, uh, I, I can think about this in my life. I remember my, my first like serious girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She was like surprisingly similar to mm-hmm. to my mother, you know, like, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's like very, very nurturing, very competent woman, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and 
And it, yeah, and I think that has become maybe a little less the case as I've like that that unconscious thing has become more conscious. Right. For me. And that is the goal of reviewing some yeah. of this. It's like how do we bring the unconscious into awareness so you're making mm. sometimes better choices. Yeah. More like thoughtful choices. Uh-huh. So they talk about these different phenomena. So like there's a phenomena of recognition. So like, oh, like I found you. There's a phenomena of um, timelessness. What does that mean? Phenomena of recognition. So it's that like, oh, like I, I, you're familiar to me. That sense when you meet someone, you're like, oh, I feel like I've known you all my life. Okay. Okay. That's what we've talked about. The like imprinted. Yeah, oh, I see that thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's why when we fall in love, that's like, often something right, people right. will say. Is like, I've, I feel I like I've always known you. I already have like a place in my mind and heart for you. Yes. Now you yes! just get to like fit yeah, right into it. Yeah, we think that's just like a magical thing and yeah. it's more evolutionary. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's the phenomenon of timelessness. So, timelessness. Um, that yes. sounds very like so mystical or something. In the emotional parts of our brain, uh-huh. there is no chronological time. So that's why we get triggered and we can like kind of revert back to different ages. Right. Because it's not in the emotional part of the brain. It's all happening at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that sense of like, I've always known you. Yeah. Um, And then there's a phenomenon of like reunification. So like you're getting back to that like parental Uh, um, and then the phenomenon of necessity. So like, I need you. I need you. Yeah, like what you're going to meet all my needs because m- your parent did. They fed you. They held you. They changed your diaper. Yes, yes, yes. So it's that like, oh, this person's going to finally this meet person? all my needs. Right. And I've been looking for like uh, like a caretaker out in like the this world I'm yes. surviving in. And what, oh, isn't it so nice that finally there's somebody who reminds me of my mom, reminds right. me of my dad. Which right? is like part of the yeah. setup is what we do unconsciously is we feel like someone is finally going to give us safety and security and a place in the world, which is mm-hmm. very dangerous if we put another human into that role rather than coming to the table more whole. Of like one, like God is the only person who Mm. or like being that can ever meet all of my needs. Like another human will fail me. They will fail me. Yeah. Um, And then like competency of myself to meet some of my needs. So I'm coming to the table being able to depend on someone more equally rather than in a like codependent way. Yeah. Or in a false way, like projecting like, oh, you're like the whole idea of perfect. Like you come into my life and you're going to now meet all of the unmet problems. So if I were to put this into like translate this into 90s Christianese, I would say. Tell me. We all have a God shaped hole. Uh And God's going to fill that hole. And there's other fish in the sea. (laughs) Is that the gist of it? that's hilarious Um, okay Uh, this is fascinating all right so um how have you seen that for you like what what does that look like in in your life do you have any examples you want me to get personal about that i would love that look Uh, as much as this episode will include theories yeah if we stay theoretical it's gonna get really boring and raw (laughs) okay yes please (laughs) um okay i can share how this plays out in my life Uh, Because a pattern that I've had kind of historically is going for unemotionally available people. Emotionally unavailable people? Yes. Okay. Um, And I I think a lot of that has like, so some of my backstory, like my mom and dad divorced when I was really young. Mm, And then my dad um, moved away. Uh And so I have realized how many times 
I've picked my father. And there was one specific time. And I like the person who I would say like was most in love with in my life. Wow. um, Where it just felt like that crazy like draw and X factor. Mm -hmm. During our breakup conversation, I looked at him and realized like he was this weird moment. He was wearing a very similar shirt that my dad would wear growing up. And his hair was pulled back the way my dad had it. And it was this weird like I don't know, like a transference moment where I'm like, crap, yeah. I picked my father. Whoa, yeah. And this person had like a lot of commitment issues oh, and man. couldn't settle down. And yeah. so I played that out. And so that recognition of yes. like, oh, I finally found you. You're yeah. like in my life and you're going to take care of me. Um, well, it's like absurd because that person is not going to meet my needs because oh, those man. type of people are inherently non-committal oh, yeah. and non-emotional. Oh gosh. Yeah. So like, which is like really like, vulnerable to say I'm a therapist and yeah. I have very like healthy friendships and like yeah. a healthy practice, but that's been something in my life that I would constantly like, hmm. really Candace, you haven't like yeah, figured that yeah. out yet. Oh, you know, but it's so that, this unconscious this, drive. It's, yeah. so, it's that pool that like X factor. Oh, yes. it goes real deep. Deep. Into yes. our earliest yes. memory. Yeah, yeah. Like the essence of who we are. Oh my gosh. So and and I'm glad that you're saying that. And like that's that's a word of grace for you, you know, mm. of like like, oh, I can't believe I'm making the same stuff over and over mm. again. Some of this stuff is just so deeply wedged in us right. that like you know, we're it's not like we're choosing it. Right. Like like uh consciously in right, any sort of yeah. way like, it, of course it's valuable for us to sure. learn from it as a, as we become aware of it Absolutely. but also like you know like how in the world are we supposed to even realize right. that this is what's going well, on until we've made the yeah yes. it's all trial and error based yeah right which i think is some of the like joy in doing a podcast like this because the hope is like that people will catch on sooner once they like hear this information, Collective hear these wisdom. stories. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. I think after that experience, then it was like, Oh, it was very clear to me. I keep doing the same thing. And so then when I dated after that, it was, I was looking for people that had a history of ability to commit yes. that were open emotionally, that have done some of their work that yeah. displayed like less red flags. Sure. And I responded to the red flags very differently. What I hear in that is this unconscious stuff, it doesn't have to run things. That's right. That's we get the to, hope. We get to make new choices cortex. and try try new things. Yeah, yeah, that we have the ability to like, I mean, that is what the prefrontal cortex is. It's the ability to think beyond just our the parts of our brain that are like survival based More and emotional. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They call that the old brain, the like reptilian brain and the emotional center, the uh, mammalian brain the mm. old brain and so with the prefrontal cortex you can kind of think beyond yeah so that's you why know, like we have desires and then we can say like nope i'm not gonna do that a parallel to this just to illustrate that like the reptilian brain the old brain mm-hmm. is actually the goal of comedy is to to hi- heighten that right and that happens mm-hmm. through people experiencing patterns like that's like the the thing is like uh, the reptilian brain just wants the rote thing to happen over and over and over again. Mm. Right. And, uh, that's why like a callback is so funny, you know, like, and I'll get into this in my theory soon that I'm going to be bringing up. Are we ready for this? No, like I was, that was an attempt at a callback that didn't quite land with you. No, I uh, don't understand what that means. 
a callback. Call oh, like callback. Oh, um, a callback in comedy is like where a person makes a joke uh-huh. that's like a phrase. Yeah. And then there's time that passes, and then they make they make the same joke, the same phrase, or kind of oh, in a parallel way. Uh, yeah, right. I don't. You're an improv guy. Okay. Okay. You're right. So yeah, I just don't know this. You're right. Terminology. I'm, I, I'm speak speaking improvies right now. Yeah. Uh, and that's Expert not a common improver. Language. I don't know how many of you there are like that in this world that speak improvies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So okay. there's one other theory that I I did want to highlight, and yeah, that please. is. Um, Oh, there's two other, actually. I'll do them briefly. Oh so one is the You're loss. You're going to have three theories. I'm only going to have one candle. No, I have actually a oh ton my, of theories. Oh, my gosh. There's stuff I could talk about this for days. Yeah. Um. So the lost self is the repressed part of ourself, the part of us that we feel like is bad, that we try to cut off. Uh-huh. We're often attracted to the person that fills in that gap. So if you're, like, sexually repressed... You're, we, you yeah. would be more likely to go for someone who's sexually expressive. If you're emotionally repressed, yes, you're yes, more yes. likely to go for someone who's emotionally re- expressive. Oh my God. That's we're the Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Yes. Yeah. Sort of version of this. Like, exactly. You complete me. Yeah. You fill in my gaps. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't have to do the work because you're coming to the table oh with what gosh. I need. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Huh. Huh. Uh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and I, I think initially that you describing that, I mm-hmm. feel like initially I operated much more in the, uh, kind of Imago theory mm-hmm. that you're describing. Yeah. I think, um, then I shifted into the, you complete me. Kind yeah. I'm like, um, searching for, uh, you know, a, a complimentary human being to like what's going mm-hmm. on. Uh, and that's like, that'll create like a loving, beautiful partnership that will help us weather the storms of life. Right. You know? And so I've dated people who are like very different from me. Very, very different from me. They say opposites attract. Yeah. Yeah. This is where this is coming from. This is where this is coming from. Well, yes. That's opposite. This is what this is. Mm -hmm. So, so this is not the like is drawn to like. This is opposites attract. Yes. So this is, oh, you have, and it's again, really unconscious. Uh You would recognize this person has something that I have not been able to do. Hmm. usually on like an emotional or character level yes and so you're drawn to it because like you've been wanting to find that part of yourself yeah because you've rejected it somewhere along the way so maybe like someone told you that like your sexuality was not okay yeah you know when you were a kid and so Uh you were like "Mm -mm, i'm not i can't be sexual you cut that up part out of yourself you like say no then you create this false version of yourself of like this repressed like very conservative human being Hmm. and then you meet someone who is like that's not their narrative and they're like open and free and then your recognition is the like oh finding drawn to the like completing your false self interesting this is very like dialectic it's like uh like thesis antithesis synthesis you know like looking for the things that are opposite of one another and figuring out how can I bring these together to synthesize them. That mm. That's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And so the hope there would be that as we do our own work, like figure out what those false selves are. So that for that person that I just mm-hmm. like walked through. So if they like learn your sexuality is bad and their false yeah. self is like repression, like the exploration for them would be learning healthy sexuality. Yeah. So yeah. that they don't have to go for the hypersexual person right, right, right. to balance them out, but they yes, can realize yes. that God made me a sexual being. What's appropriate ways to yeah, identify yeah. with that, normalize my desires and live healthy through that. Yes. Ooh, interesting. 
Yeah. So embedded in that theory is also a bit of a theory of growth, right? Of well, like that's a hope. What, what could, if I'm naturally drawn to an opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine lots of people listening, you know, and I can experience this uh, uh, myself as well. Um, might be like, oh, I'm really interested in people who are like much more this way or that what way. What would that thing be for you? For me, I think uh, probably assertiveness. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I'm, very assertive. Yeah, actually, you're right. You know, so maybe that's a like, is drawn to like. Um, but I, I'm. Uh, is that yeah, how it developed, maybe, though? Like, maybe you weren't always assertive. I yeah, mean, I remember you not. as a kid. Uh huh. Tell me. <laughs> well, I don't remember you <laughs> very much because I don't. I didn't find you to be assertive. You uh, were like yeah, not at all. my friend's little brother. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And you were quiet and kind of in the background. I think we're oh, even yeah. on the same debate team for yeah, like yeah, a yeah. year. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't really notice you. Totally. And I think that's because like, you know, I, and uh, there's still a huge part of this to me, very content in like the background of things. Right? Yeah, but you you're know? also pretty like uh, forward now. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Christian a, ideal pastor, oh single gosh. man. <laughs> um, no, like I, I think there's uh that is probably like, yeah, th- that's like a growth process mm-hmm. for me that I walk through. Like, um, naturally predisposed to shyness as a kid, mm-hmm. but also like such a gregarious kid mm-hmm. at the same time. So like, uh, you know, like the it's like a how do you what like mix oil and sure, water? You know? Yeah. Like, so that kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. That's interesting. There, yeah. Is there another opposite that you would feel like hmm, op- opposite. you're drawn to? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, as I think about that, do you have okay. any in, in, in your For mind? For me, that I'm drawn to. Oh, gosh. I feel like this is like one of those things where it, it does take maybe time to think yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. <pull up. laughs> totally. Because I'm sure there's like lots of those yeah, things. Yeah. And, uh, Here, let's just broaden the question. Yeah. What are the things that you tend to be attracted to? And I, I, I can say that for myself too. I tend to be attracted to very confident people okay, who are okay. very intelligent. Yes. Um, who have traveled and uh-huh. are adventurous. Seeing the world adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And have maybe a free spirit to them. Free spirit. What does that look like? Uh, well, non-commitment. <laughs> <laughs> you love free spirited slash non-committal people. Uh, you know what what were we saying earlier about you know how we're attracted to the the wrong type of person i know (laughs) but i think maybe i mean i don't know like if i do a quick analysis of myself maybe some of the like maybe and we like nodded to this in a couple episodes ago was like my janus so maybe like part of my rigidity is my false self and so i'm drawn to the extreme opposite of that which is like way fluid people and there's an uh, invitation yeah. in me to be a little more free. I see. I see. Uh, yeah. Which I think I've done better at with like traveling more like recently and yeah. just being a little more adventurous, playing soccer and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Where, you, where you're kind of stepping into greater flexibility and, mm-hmm. and want to be around people who are who operate in greater flexibility yes. or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. And are, you're attracted to that now. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been attracted to a person who's a little bit more kind of rigid planner, like uh, there needs to be step by step, like that sort of thing? Has that ever been the thing that has attracted you to somebody? Oh, gosh. 
No. No. Interesting. No, never. Okay, okay. So that's a so that because that person, I think, uh, for my personality, would provide a lot of security to me. Yeah. And that's the last thing I've ever looked for is oh, like totally. security, which is, I mean, that's this is just my junk, like airing out to the world, sure. <laughs> because I don't feel like you know that was given to me as a child. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, I I think for me, like attraction, the things that like, and, and I. I'm here. I'm hearing what you were saying, like the, the desire for security and like what you were just describing mm-hmm. and like, you know, feeling the lack of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think probably, uh, maybe some lacks that I grew up with mm-hmm. is, uh, feeling like there's a sense of indifference. Hmm. Right. Um, and so now I'm very, very, very much drawn to people who are passionate. Yeah. And, uh, which, you know, I feel like that's almost everybody, but like people and also people who everyone are... everyone is passionate? No, uh, no, almost everybody's attracted to people who are passionate. Oh. Yeah. But Well, um, I think that's what we were talking about with yeah. like the earlier in this episode about people just like living out their best selves. Yeah, sure. So I think the, uh, so like that passionate thing is a mm-hmm. thing that draws me. And then also I'd say, uh, um, and that feels very like in response to, right? Mm. Also, um... Maybe another thing is like ambition. I'm really attracted mm-hmm. to ambition. That feels a little bit more of a, in response to like a sense of lack of that. Mm. In, like in, you have not been ambitious? Um, I would say probably the first 25 years of my life, I wasn't that ambitious. Like I was uh, high, very high achieving, at, but at the same time, not like, not, not like, oh, and I need to make something like great happen. Mm. You know what I mean? And now look at you, you have a podcast. I know. Making I, really great I'm things a, happen. I'm the freaking gold standard for. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my it's goodness! Just so <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> but um. So can we get to your theory? I'm just so yeah. interested in because you know I've mentioned some theories so far. There's other things too, yeah. like they've done um, studies around like you know men are attracted to women that like would bear good children and have wider hips. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, full breasts. We could start there. Like I think there's some. Um, I was actually, um, what's her name? What's the name of that, um, kind of person? Oh, uh, Helen Fisher. I don't uh, know, I don't know if you're is. familiar with her. She does like, uh, research. She actually works with, with match.com. Sounds really familiar. And, um, she does like yearly research on kind of the state of attraction in the mm-hmm. United States. Right. And, uh, state of like relationships and like sex and everything. Right. Like it's very yeah. interesting, her research. Um, and she says the first three things that people pay attention to what? in order to assess how attractive a person is here. First of all, what would you guess they are on a male or a female? Uh, it's, it's actually universal for men or female. Really? Yeah. The first things to be attracted to, yeah. I would think someone's eyes. Okay. Eyes. Um, they have to be physical features. Not necessarily. Because like countenance is something. Countenance. Okay. Like how someone carries themselves. How they carry themselves. Facial. Uh, um, Facial. Like awareness. Okay. 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 Like how attentive they are or like something like that. Yeah. Just like, do they seem joyful? Do they seem alive? Okay. okay. Oh yeah. So the sense of mood on their face. Yeah. yeah. I feel like countenance is the best word. Yeah. I can think of. Um, I would say stature, but I don't know if that's. Stature meaning like physical build. I mean, I, I like tall men. 
Sure. But I don't think that that probably goes in reverse. Okay. It's okay. universal. I, so I don't know. Tell me what they are. So statistically, the things that people in reality are most Not attentive church? to. Just you mean in reality. In, in reality, <laughs> as we know it in the United States of America. Yes. Uh, reality USA. Yes. This is what the big three are, right? Okay. Teeth. Hmm. Why? Because teeth describe, uh, give a signal of a certain uh, level of hygiene and age of a person too, right? Mm. Um, the second is a uh, sense of confidence, mm-hmm. right? That makes Does sense. it feel like this person uh, can like handle anything, right? Like they can walk into whatever situation and it's like, you know, okay. whatever, right? Um, sometimes that shows up pretty quickly in yeah. a person, right? So uh, that's really attractive to people. Um, the third thing what kind of grammar do they use? Right? Really? Yes, right? And why would that be important? It, one, one marker of it is intelligence. Uh-huh. The other is uh, cultural background, right? Mm. So if a person is speaking with a certain kind of like grammar, right? Like a certain kind of accent, a certain whatever, right? It says something about where they're from, right? And people... Because we're inherently racist in America? Is <laughs> well, that, I mean, that, that could be part of it for sure. But like... But like over and all, it, it's, it's again, like is drawn to like, right? Yeah. So people are looking for people who are around the same intelligence level. People mm-hmm. are looking for people who have at least a similar like cultural background, maybe ethnic background, whatever it looks like, or, so that they can meet, connect on those levels, right? Sure. That so makes sense. If I'm like walking around and I'm talking in Christianese, right? Like that actually says something to sure. other Christian people like, that oh yeah, like you can relate to what it was like to be a... Which makes a lot of sense. And I, I yeah. actually don't think that's inherently negative. All of it's neutral. None of it's po- Yeah, I mean, but it yeah. makes a lot of sense when if you're thinking about like from an evolutionary standpoint yeah. and if we early humans like were in tribes and you have to know like who's a part of your tribe, obviously yes. you're going to be attracted to people that you feel safe with, that exactly. you would reproduce with. And, and that's exactly where like the, the white hip with. thing comes in. It's like there's like a sense of like you know men being drawn to women with white hips is like there's uh there's a evolutionary mm-hmm. thing that's built into who we are is how we've how we've survived so they've done studies that for women it's actually changed so really? before it was like height and um like strength like build of a man mm-hmm. but because of like technology that women don't have that as strongly I as like so it. men still have the like breasts and the hips for women yeah. and like the full lips yeah. um but for women it's actually like less important because wow. a man can meet all your needs and like be scrawny and you know work in tech yeah exactly <laughs> like live in san francisco and make tons you know, of money and meet all your un- needs. i don't know unreasonable amounts of money yeah. and you're set up right uh by like looking at a computer screen you know yeah 10 hours a day yeah, so if that's you, you know, you want to fund datology <laughs> for weekly episodes, you That'd be tight. email us. <laughs> um, so that I, that's some of like, some of what I'd bring to the table when it comes to attraction. I thought that was like an interesting fact and like, okay. yeah, her research interesting. That is very interesting. But here's my theory. Okay. You ready for this? Candace? I'm so ready. Okay. So some of this theory, it's Trademarked. highly, highly inspired. Bye. By Rene Girard. Ah, he, Rene he's a, Girard. you know, anthropology theorist. Um, 
and he uh, like worked at Stanford for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, brilliant human being. And uh, now deceased. Um. I, oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. I think Lord your sister went to his funeral or something. Oh my gosh, crazy. Yeah. So um, yeah. So he's an interesting figure because he's like a he's a zoomed out big picture yeah. thinker. He thinks about literature and religion and sociology and all this. This is beside the point. Yeah. The point being. Um, he has what's called like a theory of mimesis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the mimetic theory of desire, mm-hmm. which basically says we are constantly imitating each other's desires. All right. So um, this is this is just the way like marketing works. This is the way the world works. Like we're constantly imitating each other's desires. So um, it turns out like, Candace, if you're like, oh, man, I could really go for a slice of pizza right now. I'm immediately just kind of like, oh man, yeah, that I think I I desire that too. I mean, right? that makes sense if you think about social media. Like, yeah, if you see other people interested in like an event, yeah, right, or a person, it somehow like piques your like, oh, maybe I should go too. This is yes, and this is like the the mechanism of fame. Mm-hmm. Like, why is Kim Kardashian famous? That's a great question. Well, it's because a bunch of people desire her to be famous or whatever, right? Like, she's been able to like kind of like you know catalyzed desire in a certain way where she's like an interesting figure right it's so funny i never thought that kim kardashian would be brought up on our show oh well i mean we could, if we want to talk about love we can talk about kim and kanye oh <laughs> this <laughs> is <laughs> funny okay <laughs> super Word, couple brother. gosh <laughs> crazy fame um or i'm really bush. curious about what's gonna I happen a with bigger, the kids you know fan of reggie bush Wait, what? When she was with Reggie Bush. Oh, oh, gosh. I. This is a... You You just out-pop cultured me, Candace. I mean, that was a long time okay, ago. Okay, okay. That's when she first came on the scene. Well, I went to USC, so maybe that's like how I knew. Anyways, okay, all let's right. Let's get back right. on the medic theory. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> fame, you know, advertising, whatever, it's all operating off this mechanism where we're constantly imitating each other's desires. This also explains... And we we know like love is a desire, attraction is a desire, right. right? You know, um, it's it's love is more than that, but it's partly a desire, right? So, are this you basically is why. saying this is why on our first intro episode when we said like you like that's the exactly ideal where I'm Christian going. That's exactly man. where I'm going. Yeah, ah. like why this explains why there's certain people at church, yes, who get asked out a lot, mm. and it's because they there's like this hum, this reputation, this like, and people just are kind of noticing like and imitating each other's desires, right? So if one guy says, oh, I'm kind of interested in her, you're going to have like another guy who hears that or is noticing the interest also take interest in her. We're constantly imitating each other's desires, right? And so when there's a person who is uh, like kind of like in in this link of desires where like, oh, maybe they're desired at one point. uh, And you know what? A lot of people were interested in them. And then, oh, it seems like, it reaches critical mass. Seems like a lot of oh, people. Oh, where could it gets like way. too many. Well, no, no, no. Oh. So, um, <laughs> I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but okay. I'm just and this is why exactly what I'm saying. Thinking. Where, yes. uh, like when I described like and what you described that excellent week where you're like, oh, I I got this place on my own. I started seminary. You post about it, right? You have a catal like it's catalytic mm. for like building desire right Mm. and 
who knows what sort of conversations are happening and the sort of you know attention that you're getting and how much oh, other people are imitating that attention and desire right um similarly you know i've described this phenomenon too like you know if i preach on a sunday you know we, we're part of a large church you know mm-hmm. like a couple thousand people mm-hmm. and like it happens that there's a response by when i get to be in a position that is like a, a desired position mm-hmm. for a certain moment right like uh with lots of eyes on me, me mm-hmm. doing my, doing my best stuff, yeah. right? Like being Gifting, my best me yeah. in a way, yeah. you know, like, uh, that ends up being, uh, like reputation building. And it's not like I'm trying to do it. No, uh, very few people are like intentionally gaming this system in order to get people attracted to them. Right. Though it does happen. Okay. What? Tell me when you're ready for questions. Cause I have questions. Okay. Ask me some questions. Okay. So Maybe I don't have questions. Maybe I have comments okay. that might also be questions. <laughs> Hit me with it. Okay, because I I hear the like visibility thing, and I think that's true. Um, like when people are more visible, the same like people, like you get crushes on like rock stars and models or whatever. Yes, like yes. the visibility part makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, the likability part also makes sense. But isn't there kind of a breakdown? Because I don't ever want to have a crush on someone a friend has a crush on. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Like that makes I want to push but away. But at the same from, time, aren't you that much more curious about that person who your friend no, has a crush? Must, I wonder if this there's a gender difference here. If this is more of a male thing that you, a well, male would want the girl you, that all the other guys want. No, 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 no. no that's not, not this. Okay. No. Uh, so like, here's so when there's uh this like chain of desire going on, we're constantly imitating each other's desires, uh-huh. right? Um, this person is like interesting. Well, I think this is how this is how advertising works. This is how fame works. This is how attraction works, right? So, the goal in this is like, uh, you know, how, uh, back to the how do I become attractive question, right? Well, it would actually be to be your best self, so to speak, in front of as many people as possible. That makes on sense. a given moment. That right? makes sense. So I that sounds different though than than the mimetic desire because that seems like it's contingent on the fact that other people like you too. Yeah, and but there's like there's weird ripple effects going on. That's the thing that I'm calling attention to. Is so it there's unconscious like, or con? Like are people actively doing this? This is all unconscious, right? It's not like people are like, oh, uh, like oh so-and-so likes so-and-so oh that means i'm gonna like so-and-so too no it's just like the way that reputation is built it's like this underlying invisible like mechanism i think this is what i can say because i don't that doesn't like spark me i'm maybe other people like yes totally it might spark other people it doesn't spark me for my attraction to like opposite sex but i will say that i am drawn toward um those type of people as friends so I have a lot of friends that are leaders, pastors, or like in those types of positions. So I'm like, I'm very attracted to fr- to have friends like that, mm-hmm. that people think are like really cool. That makes That's sense. Coolness is actually a factor. That coolness is the mechanism of this as well, right? Yeah. Why is anything cool? Cool is a word that like MTV made up in the 80s to sell stuff, right? Like so funny. It's, it's just a thing a non thing mm, right i don't want to so, go on a rabbit trail because yeah so but but that's like a a factor that is like built into this attraction thing like oh that person seems cool or not right 
what is that actually? Right? Confidence. It's actually like but a recognition of clout. coolness is something like clout, confidence. right? Uh, I think they're different, but that's a rabbit trail. Um, so basically, uh, if if this thing is like, oh, how if I'm imitating other people's desires, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of responsibility for the person who is desired. Mm, actually, to do what? To actually, because their desires are also being in- imitated, right? Oh, so like so be to be like a good role model. Be a good role model, and this is actually what I think is the most attractive thing, is when I'm drawn to a woman, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like by by being attracted to her, it's like I not only do I like appreciate her and like I'm falling for her, but through her, I fall in love with everything she falls in love with too. Mm. And yep, because I sense. desire what she desires. No, that makes right? a lot of sense. Because we're just constantly imitating each other's desires. I get that in terms of the metamedic theory makes so much sense. Yeah. Because I think once I am like falling in love with someone, there are things that they do or like foods, preferences. Yes. That, you want to like too because that person's right. like the person of your affection and so mm-hmm. you know if they like something like oh that's probably cool because i right. like you and you're and i think this is this is where authenticity comes back into the equation right because if a person is like just seeking to be like in front of as many people as possible and you know hot and whatever right like uh that sort of like narcissistic vanity thing mm-hmm. Um, it's a dead end. But imagine if that person isn't freaking in love with themselves, desiring their se- themselves or completely self-absorbed, but instead through that person, another aspect of the world opens up. Mm. And it's just like, oh, not only is uh, this person like interesting in their own right, but by partnering with them, I get to love what she loves, mm. right? I get to like learn all about immigration and different cultures Mm -hmm. and uh you know like great food or whatever it might be right new york city yes exactly and this is where i think um that responsibility plays out in such a beautiful Mm, way that's cool i like because when a person is authentically loving their lives and and knows what they're called to knows their purpose in life and is like dead shot on Uh like being all about it and in love with it right in love with their lives that's like such an attractive thing because it's not only am i attracted to this person Mm -hmm. i'm now through them attracted to like uh like the entire Mm. this whole other realm of the world that i'm not that's the getting to on my own that's the redemptive view exactly there was an example in the vanity view of that that i was like really like sparked uh i don't know i think maybe this would be helpful for people pop culturally yeah uh but i don't know if you remember um heidi and spencer that were on like the hills did you ever watch no, that no. show like uh-uh. lauren conrad had a show yeah, yeah. Um, re- it was so first it was Laguna Beach right. and then the Hills. Yes. Um, so the Hills, her like best friend on the show was like this honest, humble girl. Uh-huh. And then she meets this guy, Spencer, who seemed very, very, and like very Los Angeles and like entrepreneur. And through their relationship, he like changed her. And she like, I think got married at some point, but you see the progression in the show. She got tons of plastic surgery and fake boobs and a nose job and like blonde hair and like Uh 
started to like do like photo shoots and whatever. And it was just interesting to see like the negative view of that, of how her desire to please him and that draw like really changed her um, in like a very negative. Oh gosh. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I just thought that that was like a very good yeah. example of like how that can go narcissism wrong. vanity it, yeah. it kills things you yeah know? i mean it, i think probably he was a narcissist yeah or is i mean i don't know i've never met him i can't sure. like diagnose him but he has those like very controlling qualities that yeah. you see um while watching it and how that yeah and i i her. i agree it's like that narcissism vanity piece like it it makes the attraction yeah you know, and i think this is like the spark factor this sense of like oh man, by being attracted to this person, I feel like, I don't know, like new abundant things could happen mm. that like by by me connecting with this person, right? Like, and that's like, that's like, I think probably the hope for love is that hope would, our hope for love is that it would be generative, right? Like mm. it would that's right. create something that's beautiful. Right. That's a beautiful word. Right? So like can, in conclusion, I yeah. would love to talk about like the hopeful pieces. Absolutely. So like we are Christian, mm-hmm. we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What are the ways that we can incorporate um, like attraction to create like love yes, and yes, yes. regeneration, mm-hmm. um, becoming the people that like God has called us individually to be and like living out those yes. identities. Oh yeah. So I think that's probably like the biggest thing is like, yeah, ask God, interact with God mm. about like, what is the calling that he has put in our hearts mm. right for each of us you yeah know? and uh and it's gonna be a mix of uh you know things that we're passionate about things that we're uniquely gifted in mm-hmm. it's gonna be the convergence of like weird things that we didn't see coming back mm-hmm. swinging around sure it's gonna be groups of people that we're drawn to serving yeah. uh, a need in the, in the world that we want to give ourselves to right mm-hmm. sometimes uh like my biggest thing about calling is that um, like our pain is actually our, our biggest clue. Mm. Uh, like, so what was the thing that, what's the thing that we hurt for happening mm. in the world? That's right? interesting. Like, and like, what's the ache, right? Like, so for me, like if I think about the foster system, like I could cry right now, mm. right? I'm not in that headspace right now, Okay. but I might get in the, <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah. It's so happening like, raw. Yeah. So like, if wow. I think about like a five-year-old who like doesn't have, a parent for no reason for none of their own choices right like that's devastating to me mm. and out of that devastation i know i gotta do something mm. with that that's not necessarily everybody's call but i that's for me right sure um and but as people like identify this for themselves mm-hmm. and like seek god about it and then move in it mm. and actually move in it in a way where they're inviting other people into it mm-hmm. right I think we find partners in mm. in it all. We find camaraderie. We find connection. We might mm. even find like love, even romantic love yeah. uh, as we go about that. I think sometimes identity can be like a really uh, overwhelming thing for people in therapy. Like I, it's like so common. People are like, I have no idea what my calling is or what I'm here yeah. for um, or who I am. And so I think three things besides the hurting thing, which I think is a, a great um, nod to what's deep inside of us, but also like, what are your interests? Like desire is uh-huh. a big part of like how God made you. What do you want yeah, to yeah. do? What do you like to do? Um, and then what you are good at, like what is your skill uh-huh. and ability or opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's kind of the trifecta. Where do those come together? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Okay. And I think, you know, I didn't see this as being like where we were going talking about attraction, but I do think, I do think people living in their calling is an attractive thing, right? Yeah. Because they find purpose, they find passion for life. Well, I think the the other side of all of these theories, uh, the unconscious, like the desires for us to bring it into consciousness mm-hmm. and the the um, attractive view would be wholeness, authenticity, living as like yes. our truest selves. Yes. Making sure that like we're working on our junk so that as yeah. we're like drawn to the non-committal parent, that yeah. we, we like see that, uh-huh. make other choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is where like how oddly we get to identity. Very true. But it, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I maybe one other component that like I think I, I could draw from like from a Christian worldview, right, mm-hmm. is the a christian value for uh serving other people and mm. honoring those above ourselves others above mm. ourselves right i think that's like a very attractive thing um like a a person who's not self-absorbed mm. can look beyond themselves and is like really excited to like be of good service to somebody else which right? i think that's why as like spiritual formation happens desire shifts because as the Holy yeah. Spirit's in you and as your tastes change, you start to notice more. I think when we're like away from God, it's easier to become vain or like get drawn to like things like fleshly of the world, to use Christianese. Yeah. But as we are moving closer to the Spirit, we're also desiring things of the Spirit. Absolutely. Yes. And then we just kind of like, hey, we're kind of the same type of person. Yeah. Likes, likes attracted should. to like. Should go right? on a date. <laughs> yes. I love it. And I hope that... That's what folks listening, you know, as you're like, you're taking this on the road with you, everybody, like mm-hmm. you're noticing people you're attracted to. You're noticing why you're being attracted mm-hmm. to people. Um, and you take the step out like, oh man, that's a person who's like, who I'm attracted to. And I'm, I feel like it's, uh, I'm attracted to the good mm. in them, you know, and I, and I want to see more of it. And mm. I want to like amplify that by being connected to them. Sounds great right matt it's a pleasure it's been a pleasure thank you candace thank you and thank you brad thanks brad brad's so good at editing our brad's great stuff. brad came out to our event yeah. a few weeks back so uh, fun that people can like meet him yeah it's so good he's great i love it well everybody hope you enjoyed listening yeah if you liked it share it with somebody share it um follow us on facebook Maybe. instagram twitter you know, Twitter's honestly not that yeah, exciting. I'm not a fan I'm, of Twitter. I'm officially deleting the Twitter Whoa, page. Okay. Whoa. All right. <laughs> I just made it. Official announcement. Okay. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks, guys and gals. All right. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. <laughs>